of your mind. One, kill her! Kill her! definitely first blood i'm christopher and i'm mitch and we are a horror movie podcast we talk about horror movies of the 70s 80s 90s and today and i'm sure you're sick and tired of hearing that if you listen to this on a regular basis and i'm sorry oh my god if you are thank you for being (laughs) such a dedicated listener it's kind of like our previously on yeah erstwhile on fargo yeah yeah (laughs) Do they actually say that on Fargo? Yeah, it's the opener to every episode. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, it's a choice. It is a choice. Someone I will, chose it. I will agree with that. It was chosen by choosy, choosy chooser. <laughs> yeah, we conferred before uh, we started the podcast, and we have again nothing to talk about. I know. Oh well. That's fine. Yeah. We kind of talk at the end anyway. Definitely. Get to hear our beautiful voices and mm-hmm. thoughts and opinions and opinions and thoughts. I like it. Me too. Speaking of thoughts and opinions. Yeah. So shall we today get... we are talking about 1987's Stage Frights. Ah. ah. Did you ever have Stage Fright? I did not. No. Yeah. I don't know. I have to do presentations a lot for work. It's stressful, but I don't know if I'm afraid of it. Um, I don't mind it most of the time. I'm much better doing like wide open spaces, you yeah. know, like the bigger the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. when it's like just more one on one, oh, I'm it's the worst. At that. I hate a presentation to five people. It's it's awful. Yeah, no matter what it is, it <laughs> rarely is a good thing either. It's always like come up with some scheme. Or is it like a part of a hiring application? So it's like default going to suck. <laughs> I don't know. Here I go again on one of my classic rants. Indeed. Stage fright. <laughs> we open on a seemingly dirty street. Yeah, there's like a, a screeching cat. Yeah, he's singing, along. he's singing quite the song and we're following him. Yeah, past a pair of silver high heels and up. The legs mm-hmm. of Alicia. Alicia. She's wearing a very fuzzy. Yeah, the we- the wig is very sort weird. Of looks like a mop. 
but much fluffier and softer. Almost like feathers. Yeah. 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 Ah. Yeah. Good. (laughs) Yeah. So she's walking along, seemingly a prostitute, a sex worker. Yeah. Smoking. And uh, she's smoking, and then she gets pulled into an alley by a set of hands. And she screams, as you do. Uh, and everyone All in... of the fellow prostitutes Yeah with all, all also with short blonde hair Yeah uh, Some people come out of the surrounding buildings uh, The destitute man on the street gets up to see, And they're all like What's the commotion? <laughs> Only to have a man in a giant owl mask Jump out and do a modern dance routine Yeah To which the villagers join in, yeah. obviously. What? <laughs> and What's it's going a play. On? Yeah, this whole little slice of life uh, of downtown urbanity is is all scripted for entertainment. One of their dance moves is they throw her body up in the air, and it's supposed to be her body. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's very obviously just a dummy when they whip it up in the air. Oh my god, it's so bad. It makes and also, no how would how that work in terms of a dance? You just whip someone up ragdoll style and they come warping down. Maybe like in the final production, it'll be like she quickly goes off stage. <laughs> they throw the thing and it falls in the hole. And then when they close it, she's ah, taped to the outside gotcha. of the hole. You know, I have no idea. It's really weird. It's bizarro. I loved it. <laughs> the owl... Uh, naturally strips down to a leotard and still retaining his giant owl mask mm-hmm. and while this is happening a Marilyn Monroe sort is like doing jazz saxophone, yeah, jazz saxophone. Lisa very intensely very intensely it's fantastic the perfect perfect music <laughs> to be murdered by an owl man by our actress comes back to life and begins gyrating on the Owl's non-genitals. Yeah, his like Kendall. Yeah, genitals. Flesh-colored, yeah. like a uh, full-body latex, not latex, spandex. Just like suit. soft, gross. Yeah. <laughs> and the director, uh, while she's gyrating, is saying, "You're supposed to be a whore. How is how hard is that?" <laughs> like he's really not impressed with the backstage. The rest of the crew is getting ready. We get sort of like a peek into what's going on back there. It's yeah. like Laurel. Sybil, Danny, uh, the whole crew's back there watching this this performance. Yeah, and they're nonplussed. Yeah, and uh, we see that the producer, Mr. Ferrari, yeah. is unhappy with uh, how the, the rehearsal is progressing because... It seems fine to me as it is. I think you push the erotic angle about as far as you can. Yeah, and he's like a killer who seduces his victims. Who's going to want to, like, who cares? Yeah. (laughs) And the director is like, The victim who rapes her own murderer should be sensational. Audiences will love it. And Ferrari, Ferrari looks like a law and order cop. He does. Yeah. No, anyways, he's... He's like, rah, rah. I don't think so. We learn the play is called The Night Owl. Yeah. Durr. Which makes sense. Ominous. Because there's an owl in it. And then we uh, get the dancing killer coming off stage. Uh, Aiden, he is played by a very, very gay character. Yeah. Yeah. Like the character is gay. I'm not sure about the actor, but 
he's really turning it up to 11. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a, a caricature. He's like, when I find the person who made this mask, owl mask, I'm going to make, make him eat it. eat it. If you ask me, you ought to wear it all the time. It does wonders for you. And uh, as he's passing by Laurel, they exchange some shade at each other. I think she's complaining about her outfit as well, which, to be fair, is pretty ridiculous as we really see the undergirder later. You can always go back to microwaving chili at Mexico Joe's. Yeah. And you can go back to selling your apps in the men's room at the bus station, darling. Mm. This really kicks off, like, a dynamic between the two of them where they're always, like, throwing shit back and forth between one another. Mm-hmm joshing around but they seem to be actual friends i guess yeah i sort of got that impression i don't know it's like a will and grace style relationship but they don't live together (laughs) yeah they love to push each other's buttons yeah and uh, then we get more on another one of our actresses she is telling her boyfriend it's sybil and uh she's telling her boyfriend danny that the test results came back and they're positive. <gasps> she's pregnant. Oh no, but don't worry. She's going to take care of yeah, it. They're going to talk about it later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and that that over very quickly, uh, she runs off to... Rehearse yeah. with the smarmy director. Yeah. And Al- Alicia... Yes, so this whole time we're sort of getting intercut with scenes of Alicia talking about how poor she is. Yeah, she uh, mentions it a lot. She's looking for her purse because it has all of her money in it and her watch, which is the only thing of value that she has. She's very, she's all about her watch. Mm-hmm. So she has to, uh, they're trying to find it. Make sure it's not stolen. And she's injured herself in yeah. the in the dummy throat so earlier. She's, she's <laughs> rubbing her ankle and not having a good time and commiserating with Betty. I yeah, think, she's yeah. like uh, commiserating with the wardrobe maiden. Yeah, the newly Betty. hired wardrobe maiden and she's telling betty about how she really needs the money mm-hmm. she can barely afford her rent blah 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 uh meanwhile on stage the director okay it's time to run through the rape scene yeah <laughs> just like all right so it's laurel like making out with the owl man or whatever i think oh, was it laurel or sybil it, it might have it might i'm not sure yeah uh, uh, but backstage, Betty and Alicia have decided that they are going to sneak out to go get medical treatment mm-hmm. for her hurt ankle because the director is refusing to let them leave yeah. until the rehearsal is done. They're not allowed. They're locked in the building. Uh, but they go to the maintenance guy, I guess, like the building up. Yeah, Willie. And they say, oh, can you please let us out? And they do something where they like touch his face. Yeah. <laughs> and that instantly works. It's like a button. And so he gives them this very elaborate skeleton key and is like, okay, this door locks from the inside. Uh, so you just make sure that you put it back on the ledge when you come back in. And lets them just leave, which yeah. they do. And unfortunately for them, the nearest hospital is a mental hospital that they decide to go to for treatment. It seems like it's a like a psychiatric prison. Yeah, yeah. And Not as good. they're pulling in, we get uh, a cut of upstairs 
the nurse, there's like an extremely long scene of the nurse feeding her lionfish. Yeah, some live So like some intense electronic like orchestral music. Oh yeah, like basically saying like, oh, it's not just the patients that are right near <laughs> here. And we also get a scene of police wheeling a strapped down insaniac with like dark eyes yeah. through the hallway. And the music's like, ooh. Perfect. I hope that was on the PA. Nice and calm for the patients. <laughs> Not at all ominous. Really good. Uh, and this is the hospital that Alicia and Betty drive up on, as as you already said. Yeah. Yeah. So the nurse, Miss Lionfish, is like... just one minute, honey. You're the one who doesn't understand. This is a psychiatric hospital, not a first aid station. So even if your friend over there were Liza Minnelli, she'd still have to be crazy to get in here. And if you don't mind, I want that car removed immediately from our entrance. It's blocking the door. Come on, it's no use. Let's go. Why? You know something? You're really mean. Mm -hmm. But then the male doctor shows up. And thankfully, the male doctor is buying what they're selling, and he offers to go help them take a look. Yeah, shuts down the charge nurse. And while they walk down the very hall that we just saw our mental patient being wheeled down, mm-hmm. Alicia stops to look into one of the, the cells. And, like, grab the bars of, and it's our... Yeah, she gets her face really in there. It's our dude from earlier who was previously snapping through his restraints. Yeah, and he's slowly sitting up while yeah. staring. Yeah. Ominously. Very creepy. She catches up with the doctor, and it's her and Betty in, in the exam room, and the doctor is like rubbing her leg yeah. in, in a way that is in no way therapeutic for anyone. Yeah, but for herself. sure. That's obvious. Yeah. Like that it was intentional, though, right? Definitely. Because he's supposed to be sort of a creep. And uh, he gives them a little bit of tea about the guy down the hall. Mm hmm. So he tells his backstory about it being Irving Wallace. I just saw a middle door with bars. Who's in there? Irving Wallace. Irving Wallace? You mean that actor who went preserved? The same. We're keeping him here while the court reviews his case. I've never heard about him. What did he do? But it was in all the papers. Gosh, he did horrible things. He killed people and chopped them up in little pieces. I think he killed 12 people. 16, actually. Why? Well, who can say? He doesn't talk a lot. Uh, And as he's leading the girls out, he says, uh, oh, you know, uh, just keep your weight off it for 24 hours. I'm sure it's fine. And then lets them go. And as they leave, we see them walk past the very same cell that she was looking at earlier. And as they walk by, we see that it's the orderly, and he slowly turns towards the Mm -hmm. camera, and he's got the syringe sticking out of his neck. I thought that was a really good scene. I did, too, especially because it was, like, not something you would immediately notice, even though they are completely different, like, hair colors and everything. But it's totally true that you wouldn't notice it. Very scary. (laughs) They get back to the car. To the theater. To the theater, yes. And uh, they are pissed, or the director is pissed that they were gone for so long. Well, gone at all. Yeah, when they first come back, like, uh, Alicia asks Brett, our sassy gay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was I called? Every name in the book, honey. Oh, oh dear. So she hurries off. <laughs> yeah, to... she goes to talk to the director, well, and he's pissed, like you said. Yeah. So he fires her. 
and says, uh, go clean out your dressing room and give your keys to Laurel. Oh, yeah. And she has this, like, huge fan that she, like, thwarps and then, like, fans herself very triumphantly. Yeah, like, it's been a big competition yeah. between them this whole time. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, I guess because Alicia has a more interesting role. Who knows? Yeah, we don't really know. Honestly, you get to learn very little of the storyline of the play within the movie or what their characters do or how it makes any sense. Because I think doesn't... maybe that might be intentional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be hard to do a whole play within a play. Yeah. <laughs> While all of this is happening, Betty is leaving. She's going out to her car. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have seen that the killer is in the backseat. We've seen his silhouette peep up after they had left the first time. It is pouring rain. And uh, when she gets back to her car, the uh, trunk is popped Mm -hmm. and she's like what's going on here (laughs) Uh, so she sits in the car and she's just sort of staring at the water coming down on the glass and then there's the best cat scare of all time for some reason the cat jumps out of her back i thought it was funny i loved it because how they how did the cat get in there well obviously the killer let him in but it was just like hilarious hilarious and she's like, get out of here, cat. Get out. Like, where is he going to go, yeah. though? Because he's stuck inside. <laughs> she does, like, she gets out of the car once it stops raining and does let the cat out then. Uh, and that's when she turns around uh, and she sees a shape in the rain. Yeah. A- she gets pickaxed in the head and yeah, dies. Straight through the mouth. Yeah. She, like, falls down. It's great. Yeah. Very brutal. Back inside, Alicia is cleaning out her dressing room. And she's just finishing up when the producer, Mr. Ferrari, comes in. And he tries to get her to let him talk to the director, sort of implying that... Wink, wink. Wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah. I'll help you if you (laughs) help me. She isn't having any of it, though, and she storms off. She just wants to leave. Mm Mm-hmm. So Willie is looking for his cat, Lucifer, which is the black cat we've seen all throughout this. So he's standing out there just as Alicia's leaving, and he asks if she's seen the cat. Mm -hmm. Obviously, she hasn't seen the cat. So uh, she just heads off to her car, and when she gets to the car, she starts hearing cat noises. Yeah, mewling. Uh, So she's looking around the other cars for the cat calling its name, and she's looking so intensely that she almost misses Betty's corpse lying beside her car. Yes. But she doesn't, and when she she screams. Yeah, she runs inside, and uh, she screams. So they call the police, and then we cut to a little bit later, once the police are all there, and everyone is outside watching them wheel out or wheel the body into the corner truck or whatever the hell it is. They're, like, closely watched, like, way too close. So they've seen every grisly detail. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, they all decide that they're going back in to finish the rehearsal, I guess because they want to be, like, a slasher buffet. I guess. Like, the director's, like... Uh, you can let all the chorus go to his assistant, but, like, the the core group will stay. Uh, And then he's staring at, like, the puddle where she was for a long time. And then he goes up to uh, Ferrari and is like, okay. It's not a week till opening night. It's three days. We open on Saturday. You crazy? 
Listen, Ferrari, you get some extra money together, and I promise you, in three days, this show will open tomorrow. When the newspapers hit the streets, there's going to be a line a block long outside our box office. It leads to this, like, big plan that he has uh, to make the show a huge success. They'll be lining up at the box office. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go and talk to this reporter that's hanging around. Yeah, he's going to go talk to a, a reporter. Uh, inside, the expendable cast, crew, whatever, mm-hmm. they're getting sent home. And the rest of our cast is gathering around for a staff meeting. They're going to keep rehearsing, I guess. And Peter says... Mark, give me the script. I want to make some changes. Nobody said anything about overtime. You'll be paid immediately. At this very moment, Mr. Ferrari is preparing the cash. I was speaking to a couple of journalists outside, and they told me a few things about our psychopathic killer. For instance, Brett, your character will no longer be an anonymous owl. You'll have a real name. Irving Wallace. How lucky for you, Peter. He, like, reveals his big plan. Mm -hmm to make the play about the real maniac, Irving Wallace, instead of about some no-name night owl. Yeah. So it's seemingly they're just going to tack this guy's likeness. Yeah, onto this. Totally tacky just and Just to capitalize on it. Especially now that one of the actresses was killed. Yeah. Because he lied to the reporter. In reality, and, she'd yeah. only been working there for two days. And she just did wardrobe she wasn't an actress so he like really trumped it up to try and like make it sound more appealing to a journalistic headline since that's what he's like that's why they were going to talk to the reporter right he's like we got to keep going for betty's sake (laughs) i think he gets her name wrong once when he's saying this which is like funny it's like an extra element of how little he cares Sybil, in the middle of all of this, gets morning, I guess at this point, night sickness. Mm -hmm. And she runs off to uh, puke in the bathroom. And Danny comes in with her to tell her that he wants her to keep the baby. Yeah. Uh, Alicia is having none of this. So she storms off and tries to leave, only to find that everything is locked. All the doors are locked. She can't get out. Uh, And I think that Willie's already left for the night. And given the key to the director at this point. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And the director's like, all right, listen, uh, there's been a tragedy, but this is our chance. We're all desperate people. I'm a no-name. This is our chance to make a big break. Uh, So are you in it or are you not in it, (laughs) basically? and A lot of grandstanding. Yeah. They're also locked in, so they don't sort of really have a choice. This is like the, I guess that's the plot device, the reason why they're all there in the first place and can't just leave. But it's like so tyrannical of this director to just be like, you can't even leave. Yeah, he thinks he's God, (laughs) which I guess he is. Just a nod to any of the directors that might be listening to us. Hit us up. Uh, Laurel is removing her ludicrous dress in the dressing room. Yeah. And it's this giant blue monstrosity. And she's got like styrofoam half basketballs as fake breasts. It looks ridiculous. While she's getting this thing off, uh, she's 
looking did, yeah did she see something or hear something i wasn't looking i think both but not a lot like there's just like a shadow slightly moving among the coats oh, or gotcha. something yeah, it's she, really good she like calls out as they always do in horror movies to see if there's anyone there and we get like the pov of it sort of hiding yeah and i think she sort of decides there's nothing there but she's still nervous so yeah. she ducks into uh, a nearby bathroom stall yeah and she's gonna get changed uh, this place has a lot of places to pee backstage. So a lot of different places. bathrooms. So many changes. Lots of different rooms. showers. It's nice. <laughs> we should all be so lucky to have uh, municipalities that fund the arts like that with so many bathrooms. <laughs> As she's uh, finishing up changing, like checking herself out in the mirror, she sees the shadow of feet approach yeah. outside the door. And she thinks it's brett so she's like knock it off as they always do and uh so he starts shaking the door pretty violently screams as loud as she can so everyone comes running Mm -hmm. and once she can hear them outside the door she opens the door and is like brett how what and the director's like brett you cut that out right now (laughs) but i thought that they were all sort of in the same area before yeah i think so weren't they all they should have all been on stage together right yeah like they were doing the rape scene and mark literally was like oh i've come to get you uh brett in the in the prior scene whatever (laughs) whatever it's clear they're not very organized anyways he says actually that he can't find his costume whoa and he wouldn't do this in the first place on tonight of all nights because you know he's a tactful human being (laughs) so brett uh goes off Mm -hmm. to get in costume as he's told to do and uh he finds like the bodysuit portion of his costume but not Mm -hmm. the head so did he drop his wallet i think right on the floor something or something like and he bends over and we get oh. the tanabray shot of the killer standing right behind him it's in e- full owl drag it's even better than that he was giving a bow like just to himself oh, so it was like okay. hubris even gotcha. and the owl is behind him good okay I dun, didn't dun, that. dun, so that's good looking out man who knows what's gonna happen there <laughs> uh we cut to the stage and the director is, we're watching who is on stage? It's Corinne. Like, Corinne, okay. Yeah, so our uh, ingenue Corinne doing like a ballet style dance mm-hmm. in underwear with someone who is supposed to be her boyfriend, I think. Yeah. But in actuality, it's a mannequin painted like a clown. Yeah, it's like a male mannequin wearing women's clothes with yeah. like clown makeup on. Which is interesting. Again, nonsensical. I'm not going to kink shame her myself. Uh, <laughs> the director is screaming, where's Brett? Where's Brett? He's apparently supposed to be... Po- well, no, because they're rehearsing the rape scene. Yeah. So, uh, like, on the s- stage, their rehearsal is continuing as normal. They can see the killer sort of approach in the background. But because Brett is supposed to be there for the scene, they assume mm-hmm. it's just him in costume. Which would make sense. So he comes like closer and closer and uh grabs corinne and it's one of those classic like they're yelling at him to like kill her kill her (laughs) and he's actually like strangling her and it's really only when he like brings the knife out what's the knife got to do with anything (gasps) 
That's not right! Stop him! Um... He starts stabbing Corinne repeatedly, and no one even tries to help her. They just all watch. Yeah, terrifying. So terrifying. And then once he leaves, because he just, like, nonchalantly walks away, Mm -hmm. uh, they all rush up onto the stage, and we get, like, a POV of dying Corinne, and they really just want to know where the fucking keys are. Yeah, the director gave her the keys. Where did she hide them? (laughs) Uh, there, Ferrari's like shaking her, but yeah. she's dead. Yeah, she dies without being able to tell them. Sad, very sad. Uh, so they're like, okay, well, we can't get the keys out. What if we just go to the door and scream really yeah, loudly? The, the phone wires are cut, oh, yeah. so they're not able to call the police. Uh, the doors are locked, so they can't leave. And, uh, there is a police car parked outside from the previous murder. Just in case. Yeah, with a dynamic duo of a young cop and an old cop. Ragging on each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, one of our first skits, skits that we get to see, the old guys eating spinach. Yeah. Ha-ha. <laughs> ha. Spinach. The young guy is actually the director. Oh, that's great. Yeah, he's only like 30 years old. What a little this, so. cute little self-insertion. Yeah. That's funny. When later There's he's lots like, of them, too, James in this. That's funny. Like, the writer's in it, and oh, she's the nurse. Oh, I like that. <laughs> that's really funny. That explains why she got her own little, like, shot with the... Like, yeah, like a whole extended thing. That was thing. good. That was good. I like that a lot. <laughs> Uh, anyway so they can't the cops yes they can't get out essentially yeah, the cops can't hear them over the storm they're fucked and thankfully uh we get a point of view shot of the killer as he's desperately searching for the electrical switch which he finds and plunges them all into darkness. yeah <laughs> they're desperately trying to like find the key in the guts of this theater yeah and, and then the lights go off to make their lives even better more exciting especially if you're the investor ferrari because uh he has to he's just finished signing out all these checks and like putting (laughs) stacks of money into neat little piles to give to these people and now he has to put it all away clumsily you know for someone who loves money so much he sure shit is very haphazard with it (laughs) Like, just tossing it into this briefcase, and then he drops it on the floor and burns some of it. He's trying to get out of there with his money so he can't be killed. Yeah. Because I think he knows the way out, a way out or something. Something like that. Yeah, so he's, like, trying to escape when, of course, Owl Man, the Night Owl. Yeah. Should we call him the Night Owl or Irving? (laughs) I... I always just wrote the owl. The owl. I like that. That's simple. Yeah. Because I didn't want to write Irving. Because that's not scary to me. (laughs) Irving Wallace isn't scary to you? Well, the whole name. But I'm not going to be like, (laughs) oh my god, it's Irving Wallace the third? I don't know. You don't know. You don't know anything else about his family. So, Uh, yeah. And like, Ferrari runs onto the stage to meet his death. Yeah, he gets killed the heck. Yeah, Uh, in the exact same spot as the prostitute would have. And then immediately after, or soon after, Mm -hmm. uh, our other three male characters come up the stairs, each holding like a cute little candle. Oh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) because the director's like, where's where's Ferrari? And yeah, those candles were so small. It's like somewhere between like a birthday cake candle and like one you'd get at Bed Bath & Beyond, not Bed Bath & Beyond, just like a... 
it was really small candle. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> and they were like perfectly melted. It was like definitely prop candles. Mm-hmm. Ones that were too perfect to exist in any sort of reality <laughs> outside of this movie. They come upon uh, Ferrari's dangling corpse yeah, by his foot. it falls down from the ceiling, ah. swinging, as they often do in horror movies. And, uh, yeah, they freak out, and they go back to uh, the dressing room where the rest of our cast is waiting. Mm-hmm. And the killer starts the music from their soundtrack, which is the crazy electronica orchestra. Yeah. So... They can't even hear everything. Laurel is freaking out. She just wants to fucking get out of there. And while she's freaking out and they're not sure what to do, the owl is found his way to the workshop in the theater and is looking at the smorgasbord of weapons before him to do away with these meddlesome actors. It's sort of like a classic escalation. We get like a small, like a hatchet and then an axe. And then the Big Daddy drill, yep. which he dismounts from, like, it's, like, screwed into the workbench and he <laughs> takes it off. Awesome. Very uh, creative guy. Yeah. Creative guy. They are in the dressing room, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to get out of there. And they decide, or they remember that there's keys in whose office? Was it? Uh, Willie's office. Willie's office? Yeah. So keys. They've got to try and get there to get the keys, to unlock the door, to get out. And now, suddenly, it's Sybil who's the one freaking out. But yeah. Laurel's fine. Yeah. I also want to say that this movie has, like, a really nice color palette. Yeah, Especially really in these does. scenes. Like, it's all pastels and beiges and, like, neutrals. And right at the end, it's all beiges. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like the action scenes are mostly, there's, like, very vibrant, vivid color. Like, yeah. blues and yeah. stuff. Or like blood against the mud or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's yeah. good. I like it. Me too. Uh, the director and Danny decide that they're the ones who are going to go out to try to find this key. Yeah, which they do. Just uh, the two of them. Very smart decision. Instead of all sticking together, this is some Scooby Doo level shit. And they get to the office, uh, and they trash it basically just like throwing shit everywhere uh while that's happening back at the ranch yeah laurel turns around to light up a cigarette Mm -hmm. and as she's doing so she notices that the door handle of the dressing room has started to move which is not a good sign yeah she freaks out obviously and they try and hold the door closed Mm -hmm. while the owl is trying to break in but he smashes through a conveniently hole-shaped yeah. portion of the door. Who knows what that and, was. And uh, reaches in to grab Mark. Yeah, Mark. He grabs him in a headlock and is, like, choking him with one arm while everyone else just sort of stands around not helping. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, the two, I think, like, Alicia and Laurel are, like, pulling on the arm. Yeah, they're at least, like, trying. Yeah, and, and Sybil's just screaming. Yeah, when the hand breaks through... I think it's Alicia screams at mm-hmm. Sybil. How often does that happen? In so she stops screaming finally and mm-hmm. like spots this like giant pin. Yeah. Like a prop pin. So she grabs it to uh, attack the owl. And as she does so, she knocks over 
this like bottle of stage blood yeah. that smashes all over bright the floor, red, bright all red, over the white floor. And she's just about to go help when she spots the blood start to form in Mark's gut as the drill mm-hmm. comes through the door and through his body and like twists his shirt up and everything. It's great, really good effect. And then another amazing shot was like. It shows his blood dripping down into the fake blood. Yeah. So it's like, ooh. And they're noticeably, yeah, like, the real darker. blood looks it's real. Awesome. Yeah. I really I, like it. I really liked it, too. They should do shit like that more often. I know. That's really funny. Yeah. The director and Danny hear the obvious screaming that's going to result <laughs> from this, and they book it back to find Mark dead, and the yeah. director's... The owl is gone. ...pretty pissed. Uh, but he's looking over at the drill, which is still sticking out of the wall, uh, covered in blood, and he gets an idea. Why don't we go to the Why don't we go to the tool shed or the prop house and get all of the axes and everything, and then leave? Yeah, they make the smart decision of actually sticking together yeah, this time. Finally, <laughs> which is largely beneficial to them, mm-hmm. uh, at least for a little bit. They get axes, and they sort of go to break down the door. But as they're walking past the set, uh, the director's like, keep going, keep going. And he uses a spotlight and spots the owl in the rafters. Dun, dun, dun. How did he get up there? So now they decide that they're going to go up there and chase him. Yeah. So they all split up, <laughs> and they just <laughs> well, go they nuts. They don't really split up. They all start running, mm-hmm. and uh, Laurel and Alicia are at the back of the pack. They're the slowest ones. Mm-hmm. And as they're like ascending the stairs backstage, Alicia grabs Laurel's foot. It's like, don't, it's like, don't leave me. You're going too fast, and I'm scared. Yeah. And Laurel understandably like kicks her hand away, yeah. which makes Alicia fall down backwards, <sighs> and she's unconscious. Get a sense of balance. Yeah, Laurel some boundaries. thinks she's dead. Oh, totally. I, from this tiny little fall. Like a two-foot fall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Sybil, during this time, which I loved, she her weapon is just a big rock. Oh, like it's nice. It's really big. It's like the size of like a durian that she's <laughs> carrying just in front of her. So she's running after uh, Danny, and uh, they go up the other side, uh, and they they come up and they see Laurel, and they're like, "Where's this owl dude? Where did he go?" And uh, the director thinks that the owl guy has gone into the director's booth, like the projectionist booth in the concrete by the walkway so they go in there and it's like all drip it's flooded the the floor is all crackling up laurel twists her ankle in like a knot in the floor yeah they think they've found their guy but uh, as he rounds the corner peter plunges the axe three times into the chest of the masked man Mm -hmm. but after he does that laurel notices that the Owl's hands are tied. So he Uh takes the mask off and it's Brett. Damn it. Not again. This is the third guy we've gone through this week. No, not actually. But the director is very shaken up by this. (laughs) Um, Sybil is standing away from the pack and she screams. He's still alive! He's still alive! And as she's doing so, a pair of hands is like reaching up from below her yeah through the rotted floorboards and it grabs her ankles and pulls her through the floor Mm -hmm. she catches herself 
and they have like a tug of war with her body where they're trying to help her get out yep uh and danny eventually gets thrown back with her on top of him only to realize she's been split in half yeah he only got half of her (laughs) and top and bottom split not left and right just in case you're wondering he gets pissed because that's his wife yeah well not wife it's his soon-to-be wife and and mother of his unborn child so he jumps down into the hole because he thinks he's going to take this guy on Uh but it is totally dark in this wet soupy mess there's like a foot of water that he's waiting in and he can't see anything but what he hears like out of darkness he gets tackled by the owl and you can really only see like the white of the owl mask Mm -hmm. and he gets attacked with the chainsaws they're like watching from up there's nothing they can do really other than peter shines his flashlight in and it's like this really cool like flashlighty pvp Mm -hmm. shot of the owl killing danny and he's got like blood all over the owl head and it's like bright red against it's great i really like that me too uh so the director uh and laurel immediately run away from this once once they're done watching him be murdered uh and they go to the door for whatever reason and the director starts oh yeah the director starts axing it really enthusiastically but (laughs) It's a really thick stage door. There's no way they're going to be able to break oh, absolutely out. Absolutely not. Uh, and the owl is approaching with the chainsaw. Dun dun dun. And to save himself, the director Peter throws Laurel towards him. Yeah, like directly into the chainsaw. Yeah. Rude. She gets cut in the chest arm area, mm-hmm. but she's still alive. She's just like really injured. And uh, the killer goes after Peter. And Peter's like, oh, no, leave me alone. Like, I'm begging for my life. (laughs) And then the killer cuts off his axe hand. So the hand and the axe (laughs) fall to the floor. As does he sort of. He sort of stumps. I mean, I would if I got my arm cut off. And then just as the owl's going to cut his head, the gas runs out. Another funny little bit, I thought. Wouldn't you know it? That's why you got to get a rechargeable one. (laughs) Uh, so I like this part a lot too. The owl just throws down the chainsaw, picks up the axe from his dead hand, and uses it to cleanly Chop decapitate him. It's great. Yeah, really nice, <laughs> especially for such a scum character. And outside, not hearing what's going on inside, we mm-hmm. see that uh, the cop's car has broken down. Oh yeah, so they're uh, the young ones like going out in the rain to try to see if they can fix it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so inside, Alicia's finally woken up, and she is starting to look around because it's quiet. She can't see anyone. A single feather fell on her face. She starts sneaking around when. She finds Laurel's bloody shoe and mm-hmm. a trail of blood leading down the hallway. We get some really nice 360 degree shots of like the entire main set. 
married yeah. to, which is pretty scary because it shows all of the little nooks and crannies <laughs> where you could be hiding. Uh, so she follows the blood down the yeah, hallway. Slowly down the hallway. Uh, the camera follows her from behind most of the time, which mm-hmm. was a really great tracking shot. I yeah, really liked I it. I that one too. And uh, she comes to the end of the trail, which is another one of this place's bathrooms mm-hmm. uh, with two more showers. And she can see that Laurel is behind the curtain because that's where the blood ends and her foot is still kind of twitching yeah which was not great but she opens the curtains and she sees that laurel is still alive though she's obviously lost a lot of blood she's, so she's not really not really there yeah uh and that's when alicia hears something coming up behind her so she does the only thing she really can do she's cornered in this bathroom yeah. and she hides behind the other shower which can sort of look into this shower mm-hmm. where laurel's dying Thank God she's wearing a lot of neutrals that blend yeah. in with the backgrounds. Because uh, you get these close-up, well, not close-up shots. You get head-on shots of the owl, like, peering into the, through the shower curtains, trying yeah. to find, oh, it's very, it's pretty it's like an alien. Uh, he obviously goes in the one where the, the blood trail ends mm-hmm. and sees Laurel is still alive. So he picks her up. And as she's, like, thrown over his shoulder, she locks eyes with Alicia in the next shower stall. And she starts to try and talk. Yeah. Which is a shitty move. But whatever, you're probably Panicking not thinking right. not think. I hope, anyways, that she wouldn't keep the grudge up for that. <laughs> ah, I'm going to die. You're going to die, too. Yeah. But she the, the dies killer stabs her. really quickly. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Alicia watches horrified. Um, and then... Once the owl leaves with uh, Laurel's body in tow, uh, Alicia's like, I got to get to the office and quietly open these drawers looking for the keys. <laughs> Definitely. There's like another little interlude of the cops outside where the young guy's like, do you think I look like James Dean? <laughs> and then he like tussles his hair so he looks more like James Dean. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty funny. But uh, uh, yeah, so Laurel... No, not Laurel. The other one. Alicia. Mm-hmm. Alicia is pretty much just wandering around now because the killer either thinks she's dead mm-hmm. or just totally forgot she exists, I think. She finally gets to Willie's office. Yeah. And she, like I said, was riffling through the drawers. She finds probably about 20 keys. Yeah. <laughs> identical keys. Yeah, there's actually like a bunch of key rings. Ugh. So it's like even more keys than is necessary. But... She also finds a nine millimeter handgun. Yeah, gun, which yeah. is good. She proceeds to hold the gun with two hands directly, <laughs> directly in front of her chest. Directly in front of her chest. I mean, that's probably how I would unconsciously hold one too yeah. if I ever held one because I would never have it. I'm terrified of them. <laughs> but like, is <laughs> yeah, it was. I liked it. Obvious that she didn't know how to hold a gun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was like a character choice or like a director choice, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so she takes the gun and she heads to the door to start trying her keys to see if she can get out of there one, one at a time. at a time. Because I guess how else could you possibly? Oh, God, that sucks. And the lock well, is sticky. You used to have all those keys, right? I still do have a lot of keys. Just so many keys. Yeah, my old job, I had about 15 keys on my key ring every day that I needed to use. Um, and I honestly couldn't tell you how I told them apart. Yeah. But I managed to. Most of them are identical. 
I don't know. You're a better man than I, man. They also had like little labels on them, but the labels didn't correspond to what they actually opened. (laughs) It would just be like a random string of like numbers and letters. That that makes things easier. Helpful. Yeah, definitely. Very helpful. (laughs) And just like that, none of these keys seem to be working. She gives up. Yeah, she just like gives up and sits down. Yeah, I mean, it would be frustrating because she. It's one of those locks where the key sticks in the lock. If it's not the right key, yeah. ugh. <laughs> and she can't even be loud about taking it out. Oh, no. And the lights come on. Exactly. Like the moment yeah. she's sitting down. And the killer emerges, but he doesn't see her, but she can see him. He's got bad eyes and that big mask. Yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. It definitely must affect yeah. his vision. Um, he's like setting the stage up as he wants with all of the corpses and body parts He's shoving uh, feathers into their mouths. Yeah, he shoves feathers in Laurel's mm-hmm. mouth. Uh, he, like, knocks the head off one of the mannequins and puts Peter's decapitated head mm-hmm. on it. I think, like, the feathers in mouths thing is sort of like a callback to, like, oh, when I find the guy who made this, I'm going to make him eat it. Oh. But I don't know. Maybe. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, and then... This is really, I realized this when you're watching it for the first time. This is the first time that Alicia realizes that everyone else is yeah, dead yeah. for real. So she's probably like having a meltdown. <laughs> yeah. The cat accidentally starts the wind machine to oh. make things even spookier. Lucifer. And the feathers start uh, blowing. Oh, and they are everywhere, everywhere now. Our killer, Mr. Wallace, just takes a seat at center stage and just like sits there. Amongst his work. With Lucifer on his With lap. With Lucifer on his lap. Very yeah. uh, James Bond villainy. Evil. Evil. He's got he's got his axe uh, that he's holding sort of like a walking stick or like a mace <laughs> or something. The music is very dramatic and Alicia is watching all of this and she spots the key sticking out of the floorboards right underneath where the bird is sitting. Yeah, I think what happened was, because this was the same set that, um, what's-her-face was killed on, the yeah. one who had the key. Yeah, yeah, there's so only I think one it, like, stage. flew out of her hand or something. Yeah, I guess it could have also, um, like, been Irving. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Or not Irving, sorry, uh, Ferrari. Irving would have been such a better oh, yeah, name Ferrari, than Ferrari. Oh, yeah, Ferrari, he had a key. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he... That would make yeah, sense. They don't too. explicitly show where the key came from, did they? No. And we're just no. missing out. No. So there's a lot of different things that I thought of on, upon this watching, but it was a very giallo shot where like the key is brightly lit in the yeah. foreground and you can see the owl and his throne <laughs> in the background. Very nice. It switches back to like the airy music mm-hmm. and Alicia sneaks under the stage to try and get the key from underneath him. But it's like really... It's like forced in there. Yeah, she like gets to it, but it's really stuck. And so she searches like if there's something close to her. Mm-hmm. Luckily for her, there's a bunch of nails under there. Giant like six inch nails. Yeah, so she grabs it and starts uh, trying to wiggle the key free. But I, I, I've, if I'm going to be honest here, backseat key nailing here. Yeah. I don't think she needed that nail if she tried harder. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But, but means to an end, do? right? Definitely. The cat being an asshole, mm-hmm. as we've established already with his spookin', he's pretty much in league. I guess Lucifer is in league with this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's funny. actually a couple like heavy-handed metaphors like yeah. that in this movie, which aren't bad. 
I I appreciate them. Just obvious. Just <laughs> very obvious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the asshole cat notices and uh, it starts making its way over while meowing. Yeah. But the owl doesn't even notice yeah, that. And then the music stops just as she gets the key free. And it falls and hits the cement floor. It makes it a little jingle. And jingle. he's like, where the fuck did that come from? Because it probably sounded exactly like it came from directly under him, which it did. Yeah, <laughs> He grabs the cat to go investigate mm-hmm. <laughs> as Alicia scoots backwards with her gun. Uh, and right as she gets to the end of underneath the stage, she thinks he's going to come from one way, but he comes from behind her. This guy comes from behind a lot of people. Yeah, he's very good at sneaking up behind people. He is. Very sneaky guy. And she, with the gun, points and shoots it directly into his head. But nothing happens. No bullets, yeah. apparently. As we'll learn later, she had the safety on. Yeah. How the fuck are you supposed to know that? Oh, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> so she stabs him in the eye with the nail that she had. Thank God she kept it. Yep. That and, would be uh, a really bad day to get stabbed in the eye, I she think. She runs with her arm perfectly straight in front of her towards <laughs> towards the door <laughs> to try and unlock it. Oh, it's so good. Um, but just as she gets there, the killer is behind her mm-hmm. and uh, he gets his axe stuck into the door. Yeah, so she, she can't turn away. She can't turn the key and open the door. Uh, she goes back up into the rafters. Of course, they always. I don't know why their instinct is to go up. I don't know either. I also don't know why there's no other way out of this. Like no fire doors. Yeah, this place is a death trap. How do the customers get in? Uh, presumably they the just open door. The, open that giant ass door in the front, and Dumb. they sit in the. In the parking lot. I don't want to cares. pick it apart too much. No, though. it was like, a great there movie. There are some dumb movie, like movie things that go on in it, but I do really like it. Yeah, so. yeah. Like the premise in short on paper looks ridiculous, but it's very, very well executed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she goes upstairs and she is tossing every yeah. noun in her area at him as he approaches with an axe. Dogs in the hallway, barking guys. And we're back. Maybe there are two dogs, three dogs, nine million dogs barking none... very loudly in the hallway. None of them ours. No. Which, uh... Oh. Maybe that was them killing it. Yeah. I hope oh, not. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, we were just talking about the killer encroaching on Alicia. And With she's throwing anything she can at him. Eventually, her hands come upon a fire extinguisher, and she blasts him off balance, and he falls off of the skywalk. Yeah, he breaks through the rails, and he's holding on with just his fingers, and she starts bashing him with the fire extinguisher. mm, Not good. The acting in this part, not great. Like, she's doing a really bad job at fake hitting his hands. Yeah, yeah. But uh, a small complaint. Yeah, uh, so he falls, but he catches a wire or something. An extension cord, I think really is what it is. Really thick extension yeah, cord that's dangling like that. down. And uh, he must have great upper body strength because he just yeah. easily just climbs like back up. Like a rope up. tests it all the way great. back up. Good job, dude. The whole while she's doing a terrible job at cutting through it with the, the axe. Yeah. It takes her far too long, but it, I guess it's better the higher he gets. Yeah. Uh, because right when he gets to the top, she finally gets through, mm-hmm. and he falls down and lands on his back yeah, on the floor below. Smashes his head off a table. Uh, I hated this part. 
because in the whole time her watch flew off yeah while this was yeah that's probably how it broke no no no. it very explicitly breaks oh okay later uh so she is pissed and or well no she's not pissed she's like okay this is finally over he's dead i've killed him yeah so she throws away the axe why she, would you throw away this i would marry they that, do that in so many of these movies though i i feel like if i had like a beam of wood that saved my life i would be like hey beam of wood i'm gonna <laughs> carry you with me forever now i don't know maybe yeah. that's just me really what she needed to do because as she's walking past mm-hmm. him he of course comes back and like grabs her leg yep so she really needed to pull like a Courtney from a uh, final exam and just like continually stab him oh. until he was pudding. Um, yeah. She does act pretty fast. She like tips over a very convenient like fire bucket yeah. on top of him, setting him ablaze as he like uh, moans indistinguishably and runs up and on runs stage up on stage to join his friends, the other corpses. Yep. <laughs> She runs to the door, and we cut to slightly later. Mm-hmm. The press are all swarming her as they're wheeling out the bodies of all of the actors. Tell us, what happened? Did you kill him? Did he kill you? Are <laughs> are we killers? She's not enjoying the attention, though. No. So the attention the, that she wanted. The this car whole time. drives away. We see her at the hospital, mm-hmm. having recovered the nurse gave her a shirt to wear yeah. that they mentioned for some reason. Some reason. Uh, but she's ready to go. That She's ready to go mm-hmm. home and that's when she realizes that she doesn't have her watch. Oh, my watch is missing. <laughs> so she goes back to the theater for some reason mm-hmm. and this must have been the quickest investigation of all time. Yeah. There are no cops there. There's no crime scene tape. Willie is just arriving for work. Yeah. There's all that remains as we find out later is little like the numbers that they or the letters that they use to indicate like evidence yeah. positions. That's it. Nothing else. <laughs> she convinces Willie to let her in this time mm-hmm. instead of letting her out. And so he he does. He caves and he lets her in. He's going on and on about, oh, the gun you had was loaded. You just needed to yeah. turn the safety. You know, turn the safety off's easy. Dee, 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 dee. Like, jeez Louise, dude. She finds her watch amongst the feathers, mm. and she's very excited that it's still intact. Yep. Uh, so she picks it up, and she turns around to happily tell Willie, but Where he's gone. Where is Willie? And earlier, Willie had read a newspaper article saying they pulled out eight mutilated yeah. corpses. So she's having flashbacks while hearing his voice say that and uh, examining all of the evidence markers where the mm-hmm. bodies were, listing off each person and where they were uh, in the diorama, yeah. death diorama. And she's like, oh, there should have been nine. Naturally, right at this point is when our burned comes faced up, killer, and he's going to going to get her, but Willie shoots him right yeah. between the eyes. Yeah, and then she drops her watch. The killer drops his axe, and the axe finally smashes the watch. Ugh, Very that, symbolic. I hate. I hate that. Fucking! Is it because like is she being punished for being greedy? Well, and then she picks all of the broken pieces up Mm -hmm. and walks towards the light out the door while Willie stays reveling in the 
fact oh, that he's that, a hero. That is very heavy-handed. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he just keeps talking about the gun and shooting. Yeah, it shot him right in the head, just like I thought I would. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know, a heavy metaphor, but good nonetheless. Yeah, and we get like one of those final. The killer opens his eye. Yeah, he blinks, and yeah. uh, then they cut to the earlier scene of him dancing as yeah. the saxophone music plays and then it freeze frames over the girl playing the saxophone yeah. and the credits roll it's a very strange ending what you don't usually see saxophone freeze frame <laughs> flashback endings well it's obviously just to indicate that he's alive right yeah uh which was intentional Set it, up it was for done the like as a nod to that convention I liked it. It's a good movie. I liked it too. I think it's a really good movie, and it's a movie that not a lot of people have seen. Really? Yeah, I feel like it's one of like a hidden gem. If you have the streaming service Shutter, yeah, that's where we watch it. Is it. on there. We are not sponsored at all. We just really enjoy Shutter. We would We've love said to it be. Before. We'll say it again. Yeah. yeah, and we will say it for money <laughs> as well. Don't forget that. Yeah. Well, why? <laughs> Why buy the cow when you're getting the milk for free? Oh, that's so true. Now, we hate Shudder. It's so yeah. bad. Grr. And I hate solid gold bars and Kirkland socks. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, we'll do our six degrees of Jamie yeah, Lee yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. get into a little bit about oh, the production story anyway. for me, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Alicia was played by Barbara Kupisti. And she was in Only You in 1994, which starred Marissa Tomei. And Marissa Tomei was in Spare Parts in 2015 oh. with Jamie Lee Curtis. Spare Parts. Yeah. It's about the uh, Latinx robotics team. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. First, I thought it was assembly not required. Oh, that one. No, 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 no. And that was not from 2015. No, that's why I was like, did they remake that? <laughs> they really should. Yeah, I yeah. like I like this, what I've just come up with. Me too. Don't develop the script without us. TM, TM, R, copyright. We did it. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Just say it out loud. Yep. Don't take it. Don't. <laughs> It's like calling the front seat of the car. That's my intellectual yeah, property. Yeah, exactly. It's really easy. <laughs> uh, like I said, I couldn't find a whole lot about this movie, um, which kind of makes sense because not a lot of people uh, care about it, I don't think. But anywho, uh, it was made on a pretty decent budget of $1 million. Yeah. And it debuted at the Avoriz Film festival in france uh before it was screened in australia in february of 1987 and then it received an official french release in march of 1987 um but other than that it had a pretty staggered release oh, really that sucks it wasn't released in italy until august of 1987 and it took two years for it to get a limited theatrical release in the United States. Oof. It was uh, in 1989, and then it was released in October of 1989 on home video. Kiss of death, basically. Yeah. Uh, it was written by George Eastman, a.k.a. Lou Cooper, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Luigi Montefiore. And then his writing partner. Oh. Uh, I thought you were going to say AKA. Sheila Goldberg, uh, who nice. was the woman who played the nurse. 
Um, it's the directorial debut of Michel Suave. Mm. And he had previously worked as uh, an assistant director to Dario Argento in lots of movies. Oh, I can see the influence. Yeah, like uh, Tanabray. So when they did like the Tanabray shot, it was mm-hmm. a direct nod nice. to Mr. Argento. Nice. And even um, the main actress, Barbara Capisti, she's now, this is her third movie that we've talked about. Oh. On the podcast, she Giallo. She is in Tenebrae, and she's also in um, Opera. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's good to get work. Yeah. So she's she's probably the one who's been in the most, I guess. So I like far, it. I feel like Kelly Maroney is probably going to take that title pretty soon. But anyway, God willing, where was I? <laughs> I was talking about the terrible theatrical release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's like a shame that it wasn't really released to very much interest because it's really good. It's well crap. Like they set up the the limitations, like we're locked in yeah. and there's a serial killer in a way that's pretty naturalistic for such a ridiculous Oh, for sure. Yeah, I like... think one of the like wor- my biggest complaints about it is the dubbing is so bad. Oh yeah, so bad. Maybe they fixed that on like Blu-ray releases or something. But I mean, on Shutter, it was still the very bad. May I just say, after watching all these gallows, I almost love the bad dubbing. Oh yeah, it's become something I appreciate. But it, it's definitely one of those like uh, identifiers where you can tell yeah. it's an Italian film instead of an American film. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Whereas if it was just like a little bit tighter, I feel like I probably. Wouldn't Couldn't notice. Tell. Yeah, I agree with you yeah. on that. Especially in this movie, because none of them really looked super Euro, right? Yeah, true. The only one was Sybil, and she had a British accent for some reason. Hmm. Sometimes you have to have a British accent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before the producer, Joe D'Amato, died in 1999, he was planning some insane-sounding remake where it would be called Willie Shock's Treatment. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so it would have taken place at a closed TV station that was reopening where many years earlier a TV host named, wait for it, Willie Shocks killed his wife after catching her uh, in an affair. Wow, I'm so sad that that never made it to celluloid. Eyeball roll. Yeah. Uh, But... The costume, instead of being an owl, was going to be made out of light bulbs. I don't know how that would have worked, and thank gosh that this didn't get light made. Light bulbs. Light bulbs. It seems fragile. Like, you could hit them with anything yeah. in an office, and it would smash them. And <laughs> if they were on, it would be too bright to see. <laughs> I guess that's why they call him Willy Shocks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he also had another idea where it would be on a cruise ship and the killer would be a mad violinist, which kind of reminds me of Paganini horror, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's got a ostrich for Ed. A the, live ostrich. The only other mildly interesting thing I could find about this movie that uh, was openly available is the fact that it has so many like names. I'm excited to hear that. So, or did you come up with a game for me? Stage Fright, a.k.a. Bloody Bird, a.k.a. Soundstage Massacre, <laughs> a.k.a. Aquarius, a.k.a. Deliria. 
you should have come up with like true like real names and fake ones and had me guess yeah i should have done that that's okay. like another next, next time next time <laughs> i like it though holy crap that's so many interesting names aquarius aquaria aquarius. aquarius i don't get it that one at all me neither maybe like the zodiac killer like the aquarius killer Oh, maybe. I and they were going to give him some stupid name, but then they took it out. Bloody Bird? Because he's no a thanks. bird. And he's bloody. Now, maybe that was the UK release. <laughs> it's a bunch of bloody birds. Like, oh, true. Li- literally I didn't think about that. But, like, really... St- God, that was so stupid. <laughs> that was so stupid. That's not what it is. Not at all. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, that is episode 25. We Very hope exciting. you enjoyed it. Next week is episode 26, which will be our sixth month, actually. Holy shoot. I know. Good for us. Good for us. Pat yourself on the back, man. I'm doing it. Give yourself a gold star. I'm putting it on my back. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can find our social media at Deaf First Blood on Twitter, at Definitely First Blood on Instagram, or you could email us at definitelyfirstblood at gmail.com. Um, we would love to hear from you and if you guys listen to us on a platform feel free to rate us that's awesome we really appreciate it Um, yeah thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a good night and a good weekend or whenever you're listening goodbye goodbye bye thank you Bye. bye